Hello, Scrouse. Good morning. This is your friend Ion Lion, and I just wanted to thank you for the the recordings. Very interesting, intense stuff. Yeah, I just want I, the one thing I wanted to mention, point out, and this concerns despair, the bottomless well of despair. I I had a a a woman, a very wise woman, tell me last night, as a matter of fact, that. If you want to live the rich life, you have to accept an extraordinary amount of pain, and I think there may be some truth to that. Might be the role of the the artist and shaman in this world, and sometimes we just have to plunge in and swallow it up. So, so it's a choice. I I tend to think it's it happens to be well worth it. So good luck. With your voyages today, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your words about despair and uh, uh, possibly giving an unequal and extra portion of it, and that I should uh, look down into it. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. It's so encouraging. Thank you so much. Hello, Scrouse. It's me again, and I just wanted to clarify and make sure that you know that I'm. Not making light of anyone's suffering. I wouldn't want to do that. Suffering is a serious business, and not to be taken lightly. But I, I would point out that when you do get the opportunity to peer down that bottomless well, I think on a somewhat related note, uh, I am driving to Mundelein, Illinois, to. Uh, take part in a bufo ceremony. Bufo is the toad venom that contains 5-MeO-DMT. And on my way, I see a billboard that says Mundelein Dispensary. So, you know, I just had to, I just had to, and security is really tight at the dispensary. In one door, out another, take your shoes off, get your face scanned for temperature. What's going on here? You guys trying to back up into my face. All right. You know, and ID scanning, stand in line. I mean, it's it's amazing. But well, um, anyway. So, long story short, is uh, I just made my first purchase of weed in my life, and it was done totally legally. It is to me. It's very much about connecting with another intelligence, a plant intelligence, and understanding that. We humans are not the only intelligence here on this planet at all. It, to have a relationship with a plant is, I think, a very, very healthy thing to be involved in. And it doesn't work for everybody, and I will say that about with all the medicines. Some medicines can have the opposite effect that they have for another person, and it's that's why there's a lot of individuality and free will involved in the whole pursuit of these changes or transformations in consciousness. Is how I see them. To illustrate, let me share with you that much of my time in altered states is spent in a gigantic psychedelic euphoric dance party where I become one with the music and my body just does what it wants and it's so joyful. This is probably a more constructive use of that sexual energy because there's definitely sexual energy involved in it. But then that calls to question the idea of sexual energy. Is it just 
the energy of physicality, of being in a body, of being an animal and alive, and the love of physical life. Poor, puny, scrawny, lost little humans trying to manage this huge sexual energy, this passionate side of us that maybe isn't even always within us, but maybe dwells without us and on multiple planes, I don't know. And thus, the whole, to me, my own shamanistic theory about having these energies in our life, whether they be um, anger, hatred, joy, love, whatever it is across the spectrum and trying to take these energies and sometimes transform them into something useful, something healing, something that at least isn't going to rip our sanity, life and sanity apart, which it all has the possibility of doing. And Your point, I think you are absolutely correct. The power of sexuality is overwhelming, as we know, and it uh, overrides all common sense and all judgment, right? Maybe this isn't a good idea, we might think, for a second before proceeding. Which is why, probably, that religion comes down so strongly against it. Uh, because it causes us to do things, to behave in ways that we otherwise would not. It's a kind of drunkenness in some way. And if we could harness that power, like uh, Tantra Yoga or like the sexual magic practices of Western Hermeticism, we could divert it into something truly wonderful, of course, right? And I think uh, that's part of what the whole psychedelic journey is about, about the quest for knowledge and experiencing things beyond ourselves, which we can only touch during acts of, uh, or sexual actions. That's, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Sexual energy versus creative energy. Are they the same thing? That's what I want to know. I just wanted to uh, give an answer, my own personal answer to uh, what seemed like a question um, about sexuality and creativity and whether they're similar or different. And I, it's an interesting thing. And I did get a chance to think about it a little bit. And I would have to say, in my opinion, they are different, um, maybe even opposites in a strange way. Sexuality being a raw power energy sort of takes takes over and overrides certain circuits like you're pointing out before. Creativity to me is more of a focus, a focusing of energy. And, and I guess it could be any type of energy. I think sometimes, right, we have sexual energy uh, and, and that can be focused in a creative way. I guess you could even have a creative sexuality of sorts. But yeah, I would say cre creativity is more of a focused, disciplined use of energy. And sexuality is often just like opening a dam and letting the energy flow. Now, uh, the generative creative force of the universe, if we're talking about that, then we can definitely say that sexuality exists outside of our own bodies. 
You know, we might even think of our bodies as like the radio receiver of the universe. We experience the universe through our bodies. The one thing I'm learning in the psychedelic community, community now that I'm on this journey is that uh, emotions are felt in the body. And so is energy. Other people's energy, the energy of a situation, the energy of a rock. A rock called out to me yesterday during my psilocybin journey, or actually before it, and I wasn't connecting with psilocybin, and all of a sudden the facilitator brings it, puts the rock in my hand and puts my hand with the rock in it on my heart. And it, it broke into my emotional uh, stuckness and I entered into the euphoria, you know? Our bodies. It, one of the big things I'm learning in psychedelics is that it's always back to my body. I go to psychedelics looking for answers, you know, help me with my problems, get me out of this despair, and, which was one thing I learned last night is that the worst journey, a bad trip, so to speak, for me, is just a boring one where nothing happens. And then I despair. I'm like, oh, I'm forsaken. I'm forsaken by God. I'm forsaken by the medicine. So he brings a stone over. Uh, we had talked about it earlier and I held it and uh, the owner of the facility said that it was calling to me. My hand was shaking when I was holding it. I'm totally oblivious to this. I'm like a fire hydrant. You throw a brick at it, the fire hydrant doesn't know any better. That's me and energy. Anyway, we, I talked about this with the facilitator, the psilocybin, and he brings it over to me, puts it on my heart, and I broke through. And yeah, Well, anyway, the point is that what I'm learning is that I, I look for answers. I look for intellectual answers, and all I get is being in my body. Every session is a big dance party for me, or last night where I was tumbling, like slow gymnastics. I would say, I, I, though, after listening to your recordings, you did mention something about finding answers, and I a little a little warning bell went off, you know, in my own awareness. And the search for answers, for me at least, has been a, a dangerous sort of trap, a slippery slope that we can slide down, because I don't know if we ever really find answers. I've 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 come to think that really every answer is just a whole nother series of questions i did i felt i just had to point that out that i have some different feelings of opinion when it comes to this idea of searching for answers and it, of course you're free to do whatever you want if you want to look for answers through this avenue it's up to you but yeah i think there will be a lot of there will be future disappointments there will be a lot of frustration uh, if if your main goal is to find <laughs> answers through the, the use of medicines, that's just my own perspective. I think you what, maybe what you're saying is you you want to find doorways, doorways to new places, things you didn't know about yourself. That's what I experienced. I've actually, you, you know, the psychedelic journey for me in some senses has kind of slowed down in a lot of ways for me. I think that's just a phase of life. I entered into that period earlier in my life and it was a extremely, extremely important turning point in my life. And then I think you move through life and experiences and, and you find other things in other ways of opening doors. Different perspectives, a female's voice, 
a different person's voice, a different way of looking at it, maybe a different sound or background sounds, different time, different person. Um, hi, this is Sarah Moore, and I'm a poet and a dancer and co-owner of the Pink House Studio with my sister in River West, and also an avid gardener and uh, a lot of things. I actually have a website called Dancing With Everything, because that's I really like everything is connected. So I'm just going to jump in to poems, and my first one I'll do is devoted to my mother. I danced with my mother tonight, and she watched me dance. There will be a last time we dance together, smiling, laughing, or not, looking at each other. A last time she dances, doing that thing she does with her mouth, wiggling her hips, strutting, Clapping here and there to the music, her legs that no longer fully straightened or fully bend. Still stout, still moving close to in time with the beat. There will be a last time I dance for her. Have her adoring mother eyes gaze upon me as if I were a gift of wonder she is beholding. There will be a last time I dance, a last time I turn and spin a last time I hear the music and let all the rage and frustration, all the years of disappointment come shattering out. A last time I roll and stretch on the sweet wood of the studio floor and wrap myself around the rhythm of the crushing beauty and pain and then feel my arms, my arms turn into feathers and wings and float up and touch heaven. Hello, Ian. I just, I'm looking at the, this box of pre-rolls that I got at the dispensary, 40 bucks for five short cigarettes. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's $10 more because of all the taxes. You should look at the receipt. It's insane. They have this sticker on the inside from the brand Dog Walkers. It says, unlike humans who sweat everywhere, dogs only sweat through the pads of their feet. I don't know what the purpose is of putting that on the back of the sticker. I is this just a fun fact? I don't understand it. But I do understand that the psychedelic journey is individual, always changing, and uh, that plant medicines are here for our benefit. And it's true, there's always a wall you hit. And I think uh, probably it's a wall of expectations not being met. This weekend I had <clears throat> excuse me, psilocybin, and then the next day, bufo, toad. And I came out of it feeling let down, you know, like I had no revelation. And like you said, I'm always, I'm, I'm looking for answers. I want, I want to know what to do with my life. And the thing that keeps coming to me from people is <laughs> afterwards, I get the revelations from people afterwards when we're talking after everything's over with. And the thing they keep saying is, it's in you, you know, you know, you just have to 
accept that you know or find that you know or realize that you know i i don't know <laughs> but it's i know i don't know that i know is i guess the answer and everything is within us and we can't i can't keep going to the medicine to help me although it does help me find myself i guess um I don't know. So world I, I, that sometimes we come to where a void, where nothing makes sense, nothing has meaning. Hope is just swallowed up by this blackness. And I guess as I was trying to explain before, sometimes we need to peer into that. Um, if you want to think of the river of suffering, sometimes we need to like take a dip into it. And, and, and wash ourselves in that water because using this transformative power that I'm talking about, this shamanistic ability, we, we can sometimes come, we emerge, it's like a baptism, and we emerge from the experience stronger with an armor of sorts. And again, everything in life is dangerous. The dark side is dangerous, but so is the light side. Love can cause as much pain as hate. There's no doubt about it. So when I talk about armor, I, I even that, you have to approach with some suspicion and paranoia a little bit because you can over armor yourself against suffering. So we have to keep ourselves open to being, we have to be vulnerable still. We have to be strong and courageous and brave and ready to deal with all these incredible manifestations of life, but also somehow stay soft and vulnerable. And that is this incredible balancing act that we call life, so. Also, there's the fascinating idea about identity. I felt the need to immediately contact you and say, hey, I'm not a stoner, right? I'm not a stoner. This uh, weekend, Sunday during ecstatic dance, which is getting more and more ecstatic for me. I just love dancing. I never even danced at all before psychedelics and i had a journey in january and that february i just started dancing you know like i do when i'm just standing there i just do these things and i i love it and so anyway i was loving dancing on sunday and at the end sarah led us through that song and it was like the rocks under our feet or something hugging a tree i don't know i don't know how it went and in between verses i i've had to say i've become a hippie how did this happen that I became a hippie? I didn't want to be a hippie. You know, hippies are stoners and stoners are people who are like, wow, man, and they're not all together. And they're like, they, they dress funny and I don't know. So I guess I'm just embracing my inner hippie, which is coming out of the closet. I, I had no idea, but I had to tell you, I'm not a stoner. Maybe I am a stoner now all of a sudden. I don't know, maybe I should just not worry about it. Let the identity go. It's interesting because I know there's a lot, a lot that we could speak on on this. And I think hopefully we will eventually get to that. I guess I just wanted to point out that in my own life, I'm personally, I think I'm entering a phase where I'm trying to maybe uh, put limits on that sexual, sexual appetite simply because I am interested in creativity more and channeling the energy in more creative ways rather than just releasing it in, in chaotic, crazy directions like the, the sexual act some kind of, sometimes does. Sometimes the sexual act can really be a drain on the system even. 
especially when it there are no bounds and no limitations. So, so yes, I I I, I see them in very different shades of light in my own life today. So. And sexual energy. You're right, it is absolutely this overpowering thing. And I see what you're saying where creativity is more of a focused use of energy, but they're very similar. I think in the end, sexual energy is the physical creativity of other humans. But we don't see it that way at the time, right? We just see this driving force coursing through us. Uh, in some ways, when I'm creating a painting or a video or something, I feel a s another energy coursing through me, but it's not as intense or overpowering to my body. It's more cerebral or in the heart, maybe even. Uh, so what are these energies? Are they similar to consciousness? I've heard somebody say that consciousness is a force of the universe, just like gravity and electromagnetism. So maybe sexual energy is also in some way. And when it hits us, it strikes like lightning and runs through our wires. Here's what I guess I, I would like to say, because um, I know we're talking, you, you were talking about the body as a radio receiver and, and also the brain and mind as a receiver. And I, I tend to agree with that as a, a viewpoint. It's a, a handy way of looking at our, our existence and our awareness, our place in this reality. And I would say to me, psychedelics are a way of tuning Again, tuning that receiver in the sense that like, if you imagine having a, an FM dot radio in your hand, sometimes you have to scan through all the frequencies to find the frequency that you want to tune into. And thus taking a psychedelic kind of gives you that ability to sweep through all the frequencies and maybe find the wavelength that you're most interested in tuning into. The ants, and thus the answers are not in the psychedelics themselves. They're just allowing you and your body and mind to play with that tuning. Because often I would say, here's an analogy, many people get stuck on one frequency their whole life. Like you're, you're saying, the way we grow up, what we're taught as children, we are essentially being brainwashed by our culture, our society, our parents, our families, our friends, and we're being tuned. And now if we get stuck in a tuning, that's all we may ever know. And I've definitely been there. I, I feel like I was definitely stuck in tunings. I've been stuck in tunings and I imagine I'll get stuck in other tunings too. But sometimes that psychedelic movement that you need a, something to break the inertia and that can and that sometimes that can be a plant medicine it can help you get out of that tuning rut that you may be stuck in and again allow you to to scan through some other frequencies and uh, and then give you that free will that choice to do something else i apologize if uh, i'm repeating myself here but i feel like there's something i forgot to mention and that's that my relationship to plant medicine has in the past been my relationship to the drug war, or that is the propaganda of the drug war. That is 
drugs are bad. This is your brain on drugs. It's a fried egg. And worse than that, because I was a fundamentalist, it was sin. So when I see a stoner, I see a sinner, somebody contemptible. And that's not what I see when I see you, of course. And now that I'm apparently a stoner, I... I don't see anybody in the psychedelic world like that. In fact, the psychedelic world is just full of people that are full of love, the friendliest people I've ever met. But that judgment, that judgment still exists, you know, and I'm slowly eroding it, slowly wearing it away like a river cutting through sandstone. Um, and, and I would point, I would have to point out that I too was on sort of, I, we, let's just say the other side of the fence. I know in my teenage years, adolescence, I was very anti-drug, anti, you know, again, that these things were going to fry your brain and, and such and such and all this propaganda, which I learned later in life was a lot of propaganda. And it sort of made me angry against our hypocritical mainstream dominant culture, so to speak, when I realized so much of it had been lies. And this is someone that came out of your quote unquote hippie kind of family, though all these terms and are, are really in a sense more just snares and booby traps be it hippie or stoner or whatever they're just names and labels that in the end if you're not careful about it you will get caught in a web of categories so in the end i just consider myself a human being and one that has slowly also been liberating himself from these psychological traps and I don't blame anyone I don't and I also don't want to victimize myself it's just that we live in a very a very complex uh, reality I would just like to riff a little bit on civilization civilization I uh, this just this rage and grief rose, rises up in my heart often when I'm on psychedelics you know what have we done We've given away the goddess and we've given away the playfulness and the dancing so that we can have control and we have to control everything and who's controlling everything. And it's not anybody to blame. It's not they, it's not them, it's us, it's me. I am, why am I doing this? I am still here, the game, cinnamon, paint, chickens we do not need gardens that do not feed us. We keep shuffling forward, playing at house and peace and learning. But I am still here, even if I can save no one, not even myself, even if my best is not good enough. Even as in distant lands the war rages, even as our houses crumble, and we and our neighbors shoot ourselves up with whatever we can get our hands on, Electric dreams, virtual hugs, cans, vials, pipes of temporary rightness. Maybe one day I will be bold and sunshine will flow from my lips and fingertips. Or I will fly from a bridge up, up into the ether. But today, I, you, we have made it through another day. Even as my world crumbles into craziness, or I see the craziness of how our world was created, how futile to be born just to fight dying. 
crazy, crazy people give up the fight. You cannot win. Kneel down. Kneel down. Kneel down and give up. Cast aside the illusion of what our enemies are. Cast aside your fight. Oh, great being, we so want you to exist to save us from our meaninglessness. Oh, sweet belief, come down and kiss us. Carry this burden for us. But if I let go, let go deep, deep into the gorge of the pain. There, there for an instant I feel relief. There I see again. I am still here.